May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Father, you called Abraham, and he answered, Here I am. We come not to be tested, but to worship, to give thanks for life and faith. We even pray to you, deliver us from evil. And yet we know that life itself is full of tests. Please be with us at every moment, living and dying. Help us, your beloved sons and daughters, to answer your call to be Jesus Christ in the world, for he is risen and living among us. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Then he reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know now how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he went and took the ram and offered it up as a holocaust in place of his son. Again, the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies, and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. The word of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn? Christ Jesus it is who died, or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, 
and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. The story is told of two men who were waiting uh, or trying to get a taxi on a busy street in a big city, and it was a pouring down rain. So it was not a pleasant situation, so everyone was trying to scramble and get out of the rain as soon as possible. So this one man, as they were waiting next to each other, as I said, trying to get a taxi, said to the other one, if it keeps raining like this, we will have to build an ark. And the other one looked at him and said, what's an ark? And he he said, you've never heard of Noah's ark? And he looked at him, my friend, I have been in town only a day and haven't had time to read a newspaper yet. What's a transfiguration? It's, a, of course, a very important event in Jesus' life. Uh, we heard that Jesus led Peter, James, and John up a high mountain, and he was transfigured before them. Basically, it means that Jesus showed himself as the Son of God in human form. They needed to be reminded who they were following, that it wasn't just some talented rabbi, preacher, and healer, that it was the Son of God. In fact, God himself confirmed it when the voice came from the cloud, this is my beloved son. But there was more than God said. He said, listen to him. Because Jesus was talking to the apostles about him suffering and dying on the cross. And of course, they didn't want him to go through that. So God said, listen to him. Even things that you may not like or you don't understand, listen to him. Great, great message for us too. How important it is to listen to Jesus because we know how it changes us, especially if we put into practice what he tells us. Because listening is only one step, the first step, then what happens after. So today we heard in the first reading that God put Abraham through an incredible test. Sacrifice, to sacrifice his only son that he had with Sarah. Abraham was about 100 years old at that time. And he prayed his whole life for a son. Finally, when, he, when Isaac is born, and of course when he was a little bit older, perhaps 12 or 13 years old, God tells him, go and sacrifice him. I want him back. So many of you are parents, right? Can you imagine some, something like that being asked of you? Incredible difficult question, request. But God, it was a test. Who, God, who does Abraham love most in his life? His family or God? And of course, Abraham showed it was God who he loved most because it was from God that that son came from. God made a promise to him. So, of course, God wasn't cruel. 
He just said, please don't, don't hurt the boy. I know, don't lay your hand on him. I know that you, you love me more than anything. And because, God said, because you did not withhold what you love most, because you listened to me and obeyed, you will be greatly blessed. So the theme of our scripture today is a death that gives life. Abraham, a son, Isaac, was spared because Abraham was willing to do that, which, by the way, in that culture where he lived, children's sacrifices were not uncommon. To gain a favor from gods, people would sacrifice their own children. So Abraham, what does he do? He doesn't give up his God. He doesn't say, I have to look for a God that is not as demanding. No, he obeys. And God says, now I know. You, you gave me evidence. You gave me proof that you love me more. And he said, because of that, you will be greatly blessed. Your descendants will be, will be as numerous as stars in the sky or sea, sand on the seashore. We are those descendants. God made that promise, and that's to Abraham. And that's why we, three major, the three major religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, they all refer to Abraham as the father of faith because of what he did, how he acted with courage, we trust in God. He knew God can give me many descendants. And indeed, as I said, we are those descendants. Yes, Isaac was his biological son, but we are his spiritual descendants, the people of the promise, the fulfillment of that promise. That's we, who we are. So that, that can be, a, of course, a great encouragement for us. Life is, life is full of tests. How do we answer those tests? Who do we love most? Again, very challenging questions. Death brings life. In fact, Paul says in the second reading to the Romans, from the letter to the Romans, he said that God did not spare his own son. He spared the son of Abraham, but not his own son. The death of Jesus brings what? Life. And not just any life, eternal life. Life in heaven, everlasting life. So we see there are certain similarities, but also some differences between the sacrifice of Abraham and the sacrifice that God made with his own son. So, yes, in the Gospel reading, Jesus took his friends up a high mountain. He was the one who led them. Mountains in the Bible are places of revelation, of seeing better. In fact, in the first reading, we heard that the mountain where God, or the land where God took, said to Abraham, go and sacrifice Isaac, was called Moriah, which means a place of seeing what did Abraham see? What did he see in God? Place of seeing. So that mountain where Jesus took the apostles was also a place of seeing, that they saw themselves better as his followers, that they needed to listen to him and follow his example. So, yes, Peter, as we, said, as we heard, he said, it is good for us to be here. And he wanted to build three tents. Why? Because there was quiet, there was peaceful peaceful uh, environment, no people asking, do this for us, uh, heal my friend or my, my family, preach to us the good news. There was quiet, there was peace, no request. So Peter said, let's stay here. But Jesus said, no, we must go down to the people that need us. And sure enough, when they came down from the mountain, there was a father waiting for Jesus. His son had epilepsy. And that father begged Jesus, please cure him. And Jesus did. 
So Jesus told them, no, we must go down to the valleys where people need us. They need our ministry. They need the good news, the gospel. They need our healing, our caring, our loving. That's, that's where we need to go. That's what we need to bring. So certainly, churches or mountains are not a place to live. We come here to worship God, to recharge ourselves spiritually, so we can go back from this experience to the valleys, to the, to the places where God sends us, to Happy Valley, where God needs us to share His love, His caring, His healing. That's what people expect from us Christians. There's a story that was uh, many years ago published in the Los Angeles Times Syndicate. It was written by Beulah Collins. And the story is about three farmers, uh, about a farmers, group of farmers, I should say, that were sitting about around the fire discussing religion. And as you know, sometimes that can be a tricky subject. But so they were, they were having different arguments, which religion is the best to follow or which religion is like the most, most powerful, most popular, and things like that. So all the farmers shared their opinions except one, the oldest one. So they looked at him and he said, old, old grandpa, what do you think? Which religion is the best? And he said, well, let's look at it this way. There is a cotton gin on the other side of the mountain. And we as cotton farmers, we have an option, we can go right over the hill, which is a steep climb. We can take that route. It is the hardest, but it is the shortest. Then we can take the east route around, around the mountain, which is not as hard. It is a rough road, but it's, not, it's, it's a little bit longer, but you will get there. And then finally, he said, you can take the route on the west side of the hill, which is the longest, but the easiest. But when you get to the cotton gin, the gin man will not ask you, how did you get here, but how good is your cotton? So, in a sense, when our life journey, of course, is over, God will ask us, not how, how did you get here, but how good is your cotton? How good is your life? What did you do with it? We have been invited, of course, to practice Catholic faith, Catholic religion. That's, that's our journey, our, our way that we have chosen. We have said, we have said yes to that way that Jesus invited us to walk. So how good will our lives be? The season of Lent invites us to, to ad adopt those small or big deaths that will bring life. Not physical death, of course not. Death to old habits, old attitudes, old behaviors that enslave us, that make us feel guilty, that hurt us or other people. Those are the deaths that Jesus invites us to, to accomplish, to experience, because we know they bring new, better life. They make us better people, more like Him. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.